warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. If you think you may be too weak to withstand the manliness represented in the following program, please do yourself a favor and stop listening now. If you choose to continue in spite of this warning, if at any time you feel yourself overcome by the manliness, stop immediately and consult your closest medical professional. And now, for the not-so-fair, faint, or frilly, we present The Catholic Man Show. Welcome to the Catholic Command Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio. Juan Posada on the buttons. He is our producer, which we are very grateful for. This is why everything works correctly, because Juan is in charge. We have Mr. Jim Spencer here as well, guarding the door, making sure no one breaks in. And I have our good friend, I say our because I'm used to having Dave here as well, but we are sans Dave and our good friend, Father Brian O'Brien. Love it. Great What's to up? be here. How it's, are you? It's been a little while. It's been I'm, too I'm long. a, you know, a long time listener. So I always listen. I always know what's going on, but I live 70 miles away. Right. So. And I think you're the most. I don't just stop by Our most frequent guest. Is that true? I'm pretty positive. Come you, on. I would imagine. Father Sean Donovan. No, he's only been on like twice. Oh, he should be on more. He's so smart. He he's awesome. Well, he was supposed to be on last week, and he's a better priest than me. You should have well, him that's on twice I, twice as much. <laughs> well, the thing his, is, his the ones he's on are epic. Are so interesting. Yes, the if you've Hussar, not heard those, go back and listen. To anything with Father Sean Donovan, he just he brings it. The thing is, is that awesome. the diocese of Tulsa in eastern Oklahoma just have dynamite priests. We got some good dudes. We have some really good priests. So we're, we're trying. So what's going on? How are you? Uh, you know, life is good. I live in uh, Stillwater, I'm hold, holding it down uh, on the western front of the diocese of Tulsa. So Tulsa is uh, Tulsa is a uh, we're a, a diocese that covers the eastern third of the state of Oklahoma, and Stillwater is the western edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're holding it down. We're keeping the the weirdos from Oklahoma City out. I'm just kidding. I love them. They're great. <laughs> um, no, it's awesome. It's awesome. So I'm a, I'm a parish priest. You know, I ran a high school for 10 years, uh, and now for the last four years have been a parish priest, and it's awesome. It's what I was ordained to do, and uh, it's just, it's a good life. It's hard sometimes. Uh, it's It can be challenging. It can be busy. It can be, uh, you know, all kinds of things, but man, it's just so, uh, when you're just in it, it's awesome just to be a part of people's lives. I mean, just in the last week in our parish, uh, we've had we've had two two deaths, you know. So I've, I've, I'm with one family, and Father Robert Duck, my associate pastor, is is uh, ministering to the other family. Awesome. Another awesome priest. We've had uh, we've had baptisms, we've had weddings, uh, we've had. I think we're gonna be five new babies in seven days. Yes, which uh, I think will be about. a parish record. Yes, of a prolific. Uh, births, but anyway, just all of, all of that, and then you know, just confessions, and well, actually, one of the great, one of the real, the real, we're seeing a lot of fruit of people coming back to their faith. Um, I don't have this is not a total statistic. My guess is we're seeing uh, 
somebody returned to the faith about every 10 days. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How do you track that? I mean, like, it how just, do you guess? It's purely anecdotal. I mean, the people that I'm seeing who, you know, it's been, Father, I need to go to confession. It's been 40 years. Um, Heavy. Because we just started RCIA. And so in RCIA, you get a lot of, you know, sort of new people from other Christian faiths, people who didn't grow up in any church wanting to be Catholic. But then mm-hmm. you also get people who say, gosh, I think it's time for me to get back. For, time for me to come back. And then there's more to come. I mean, we... There's a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people everywhere, but where I live in Stillwater, which is Payne County, um, there's just a lot of people who grew, grew, grew up Catholic and for a whole variety of reasons mm-hmm. uh, have kind of drifted. Mm-hmm. And we're just, we're, we are making a concerted effort to bring them back, to do whatever we can to meet their needs and bring them back. Yes. And it's working. We still, I mean, there's a lot more to do. Holy cow. It never ends. But it's all good. Well, I mean, that's the goal, right? I mean, it is to evangelize 100% that's right. of that's right. of Eastern Oklahoma. I well, say to everywhere. my people sometimes, they don't believe me, but and I don't have any stats to back it up, but I say the majority of people, the majority of Catholics in Payne County have never been to our church. Mm-hmm. Which and your people, church is beautiful. And people are like, what? Like, that's no way. And I'm saying, and I'm t- I, I, the number of people I meet who grew up Catholic... I meet them all the time, mm-hmm. and I think that number is greater than the number of people that we see on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing to back it up. Really, it's just to motivate people, get people off their butts, and <laughs> actually evangelize. And that's our goal. I mean, our really the like the the mission. If we, if our parish has a mission statement, um, the goal of our parish our, our parish exists to evangelize Payne County, Oklahoma, for Jesus Christ and His Church. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's what we do. I, I love it. I mean, that's kind of like our goal for with the Catholic radio station, right? Is, sure. Is, is to evangelize everybody in the listening radius. Reach as many people as you can. And it takes a lot of different forms. Mm-hmm. Kids and teenagers and uh, college students are being ministered to by Father Kerry Wakulich at St. John Catholic Student Center. Another great priest. Um, so he's actually building a new church. You can look, look, uh, you can look up his new church, um, buildingsaints.com is his website. Um, they are building a gorgeous new church that's about a year and a half out and it's going to be Stillwater awesome. is going to have for as small of a town as Stillwater is it's going to have two of the most beautiful churches in eastern oklahoma in about yeah in about six years i mean be, six years between between yeah between builds yeah it's a great place to be uh, just o- oklahoma state university is there so it's a you know it's young it's vibrant a lot of families you mm-hmm. know a lot of retired folks yeah. um, professors and farmers and uh, so we got we got it all, and it's awesome. We have a pretty decent size uh, Hispanic population, so a lot of ministry happening in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, challenging in its own way, language barriers. You hablo español. Hablo español. Cada domingo. Sweet. We have a, we sweet. have Spanish mass every uh, Sunday at one o'clock. Um, I, I'd actually say probably half of our baptisms are in Spanish. Really? Yep. And you have the best baptism camera known. <laughs> Known to the Catholic Church, it's awesome. There's this, yeah, you can like go up above in the choir loft and shoot, shoot straight shoot down, straight down. So you get to, yeah, that's those are cool. Okay, so we're men of tradition. Yeah, we got a beverage. We have a beverage this evening, Pikesville, Pikesville straight rye whiskey. Now this whiskey is 110 proof, so go easy, Padre. It's a uh, which, by the way, you don't like when people say Padre. I just that's realized so that funny. I said that, and then I realized you didn't like that. You don't we- like that. Uh, 
I just think it's funny when people call priests Padre. And I they're both I, like the whitest dudes on the planet. I think I do it as a more of a term of <laughs> uh, inform I informality. It. I get it's it. like anyway. This rye whiskey, which I have I've only had taken one sip, believe it or not. I'm gonna smell it. Uh, was a rye of the year. Number two world whiskey of the year in Jim Murray's whiskey Bible. In a San Francisco uh, World Spirits con- competition, 2015 double gold. So, I don't know what any of that means, but it's award it winning. Good. Okay, so wow. what, what, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Cheers, Jim. See, I am. I am a listener. Yeah. Cheers, Jim. Cheers, Juan. Do you have a, a, salud? Do you have any uh, nose? Tasting notes? Because you always laugh at us. The last time, oh my gosh, I just love it when you guys make up words. <laughs> it's kind of lemony, woody, mapley. You just you add just, E-Y. You just take a, a word and add a Y to it. Yeah. It's kind of microphone-y. Micro- <laughs> it's the kinda, microphone is more whiskey-y. It's, like whis- it's, it's kind of whiskey. It smells like whiskey. Okay, here we go. It's gonna be. It's 110 proof, so it's gonna have a bite. It's gonna have a little bit of a bite. It's gonna have a little pepper bite. Okay. Like it'll it'll kind of get right. you excited. Hello. Yeah. It's so and it's a rye whiskey. A lot of rye whiskeys are just more pow in your face. Everything I know, I learned from you guys. Okay, just so, so you know we've been we've been having rye kind before of you, a rice before streak. you had a show. I knew nothing, and now I know slightly more than nothing. <laughs> That's. That's which is goal, better which than is, nothing. This is the goal of the Catholic Man I used show. to, <laughs> <laughs> to I, take people from knowing nothing to slightly more than nothing. Yes. I am still on a journey. We are this Wow, th- that's good though. It is good. I like it. It's strong. Uh it is What is it? Does it say like what it's supposed to I don't think these have tasting notes. So on the on the nose to me, it's a uh like burnt caramel. A little bit of floral, kind of flowery, caramely, mm-hmm. bitey. I was going to Ooh, say it's like apple pie. Apple pie. Plums is what you have. Plummy. Yeah. A little bit of apple pie. Kinda really. Like, mm-hmm. You're so uh, refined. Yeah, it's that's good, nice. Though. That's it's really nice. good. It is. It is nice. It's really good. Um, Father, there's a lot of a lot of people who always wonder why we drink on this show. You've listened to the show yeah, enough. Why, yeah. don't, why don't you explain? I like that you guys do it um, because... And you're I mean, not even a, a drinker, really. No, not really. Not really. Um, I, I like it because, I mean, I think so. I think especially where I live, Stillwater, you know, it's kind of a college culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so you go, I was two, a couple weeks ago, I went to the Oklahoma State, uh, Missouri State game, the home opener, you know, and you're walking around. And I, I like to go to the tailgates because I see... My parishioners, and I mm-hmm. see like friends I had from Tulsa before I moved to Stillwater. Um, and there's, and I and I like I love seeing people, good food, but there's a, there's a there's a weird culture mm-hmm. around drinking anyway. And so I think you guys to model moderation, whereas in our culture, so many people are. If you're gonna, if I'm drinking, I'm drinking ten, and it's like right. that's no good. No. So you guys model a different way, a moderate way, and we need that in the church. And in the world, and in Stillwater. Boom. Here with Father Brian O'Brien from Stillwater, Oklahoma. We're going to talk about priests. All right. On the other side of the break. We'll be right back.
I want to give a big shout out to Jonathan Conrad over at the Catholic Rural Worker. Jonathan started his ministry with one sole purpose in mind, and that was get quality crafted rosaries into Catholics' hands. And he's been doing it now so well that he has opened up a storefront. He has a brick-and-mortar store. If you go to catholicwoodworker.com, you can check out the whole facility. We're really proud of you, Jonathan. I remember when you first started this whole thing. Uh, we're thankful for your friendship. We're thankful for your uh, willingness to support the Catholic Man Show. If you guys go to catholicwoodworker.com, use the program, promo code TCMS. You get 10% off all of your purchases. Uh, we just want to thank you, Jonathan, for your... Uh, love of our mother and the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all the good work you're doing to grow his kingdom. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We're missing Dave tonight. He was not able to join us this evening. So Father Brian O'Brien from Stillwater, Oklahoma. He is a co-host of the Pastors of Pain County podcast radio show he also is the uh pastor at saint francis xavier catholic church in stillwater oklahoma one of the most beautiful churches in eastern oklahoma both inside and out also the people are beautiful that's what i was really kind of meaning on the inside oh, oh i gotcha i yeah. gotcha but the beautiful i think the There's church the church in i think the church is more beautiful inside than outside which is saying something because the outside is very pretty in my humble opinion nobody's asking so, and this is also one of the first times I brought us in to the second segment of the Catholic Man oh, Show. Oh, history. Yeah, being made right now, tonight. Amazing. You're, so. Love it. Okay, so I'm really excited about tonight, Father, because here's, here, here's the thing. When you, when you talk about priests on the show and there's not a priest involved, there's a lot of speculation that happens. A lot of, a lot of people either really dislike or take our words yep. out of context do you get hate mail? We used to get a lot more hate mail than we do now. Oh, good. Uh, the hate mail people have just l- started listening to other well, people. Well, Dave continually says on the show, if you send hate mail, we do not care. We <laughs> we just don't care. And so I think it has really discouraged a lot of, a lot of trolls from, okay. from sending hate mail. Um, <laughs> he just says, I'm just... I've heard him say that. I yeah, like it. It's yeah. like, I just don't care. Um so we used to a lot more than, than we do now. But so we're, when we talk about like getting to know your parish priest a little bit better, which is the topic this evening, it's good to have an actual priest involved because there's priests, shocker, are human beings. So there are positives it's and true. negatives. There's strengths and weaknesses. And so when you when you take a well-balanced view of a, of a priest, it's good to have a priest involved. So thank you for... For jumping yeah. into the topic, no, I'm. Uh, I, th- I think it's an important topic because I, th- I think, especially in the Catholic world, so much of what happens in a parish, for better or for worse, um, revolves around the priests. Um, you can't have a parish without a priest. You can't have the Eucharist without a priest. So, in the Catholic world, um, I mean, priests are very important. Mm-hmm. Please, priests pray, pray. They pray. Hopefully, hopefully. And they play a you know a very important role. Um, if you have a really um, strong holy priest at your parish, the odds of your parish growing and doing well by all sort of different various metrics, it's likely to go up. And right. if you have a priest that isn't that into it, uh, or it's a dying parish isn't isn't particularly striving for 
holiness. It doesn't really call his people to, to, a, to a better way of life, to conversion. Then your parish, the odds of your parish kind of thriving, they go right. down. Right. And how, you know, how I envision, so I go to St. Benedict here in, Tol- here in Broken Arrow. We have Father Brian Brooks and Father uh, Porter uh, as our priests. And they, like, I, I look at them as not only spiritual fathers, but also as, like, team players. Like, we're on a team together. I want to help you, and, I, you know, you help yep. me. Let, because we're here, like we said at the, the last segment, we're here to evangelize. I mean, that's what Christ calls us to do. And so the Go be- make disciples. Right. And so that's the better I, under, like, I understand, like, where a priest is coming from, and the better the priest understands where I'm coming from, the more effective... We can be in evangelizing. Yeah, no doubt. So I think, yeah, so I think if you look at, I mean, so everybody listening to this, if you're a Catholic, you have a parish priest or maybe more than one. And maybe you think your priest is the greatest thing ever. You think if, if your pastor ever got moved, you would be sobbing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you don't really know your pastor or your associate pastor very well. So you're kind of, maybe they're new. Maybe they just came in this summer. Invite them over for dinner. Uh, maybe they're tough to get to know. I mean, so, you know, or maybe maybe you have like a bad relationship with your priest. Maybe they said something that offended you. Maybe they've ignored you. Maybe they, I don't know. And there's all kinds of things. But, I mean, I think that's kind of the first thing is that priests, uh, I mean, it sounds trite, but like priests are human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think especially in the United States, I mean, here in Oklahoma, um, you know, our priests were... I say this in like the most like loving way, but like we're a weird bunch. I look around. It's so great. I look around when, when we have like a priest gathering. Mm-hmm. So there'll be 60, 75 of us like in a room. And I look around and I'm like, if I, if we were not all priests, there is no way we would be hanging out right now. Mm-hmm. But we are, we are priests. And so we do hang out and we do love each other. And we don't all, you know, we don't always see eye to eye, just like everybody else. There's, Theological um, differences, liturgical sty- styles, differences. Um, we come from a lot of different places. You know, a third of our priests in the Diocese of Tulsa are, are from outside the United States. And then even the, even the guys, and I'm one of them, I grew up in, in Houston, Texas, Kingwood, Texas. That's my home, my home parish, St. Mar- Saints Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, Friends of Jesus Catholic Church in Kingwood, Texas. That is the most ridiculously long name it's of awesome. the Catholic it's Church. It's awesome. I really like saying the whole thing. Most people just call it St. Martha's. But I moved to you know I moved to Oklahoma after college and fell in love with it and stayed and here we are. But I'll bet a third of our so a third of our priests are from another country. A third of our priests, I bet a third of our priests are not from Oklahoma. And a third of our wow. priests are like native Oklahoma native grown. So even just that, you're gonna have a, a, like a variety of you know of kind of styles and you know generationally you know mm-hmm. so a lot of people are like oh I hope we get you know a good young priest who's, you know, traditional or who's formed in today's seminaries. I don't, you know, I don't want a priest who was formed back in the, in the eighties or the seventies. I mean, that's really, and, and, yeah. and, you know, and I, and I get where people are coming from with that, but it's, to, it's also not, it's those kinds of stereotypes are not 100% true. Sure. One of the most orthodox, uh, holiest men that I know, Father Monsignor Gallus. Yeah. Was, you know, in seminary, in the days where yeah, there was a little a time chaotic, and there was a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, turmoil and sure. So I think that's the first thing that you, un, trying to understand your priest, understand where you know where he's from. Um, being a priest in the United States is very different than being a priest in India, 
or Nigeria mm-hmm. or Mexico. And so maybe your maybe your priest is from one of those places to to understand okay what you know uh, and that can be in, so you know sort of in conversation but we are on, we are on the same team and so I think for parishioners to try as best they can to try to understand where their priests are coming from and then hopefully the priest reciprocates that but it's a lot more difficult you know I have I'm, my parish is 900 families um, it's very difficult to know all 900 sure uh, plus new people are coming in all the time and people move and um, so it's so it's more difficult on the priest, but I think there there are little steps that people can take. So maybe you don't know your priest very well to take that step to invite in, invite them over, invite them for coffee. Um, there's there's all mm-hmm. kinds of ways in which you can get to know your parish priest, and I think that's that's a very good first step to try to better understand your parish priest. Where's he from? Uh, what can, what's you know, his life what's story? His, yeah, like, what's his life story? Is he a con? We have a number of priests here that are converts to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. They're so interesting, right? Father so Brian Brooks is yeah, your pastor. Is your pastor? Yeah, uh, it's so interesting just to hear those to hear those stories. So t- anyway, that's that's that would be my first little piece little piece of advice to better understand your priest. Where are they from? What makes them tick? How's their family? Mm. Are their parents still alive? Do they have brothers and sisters? They have nieces and nephews. Um, mm. Those kinds of where they go to college, where they go to seminary, those kinds of things um, can be just very helpful. Where we just you sort of humanize. Your priest. I think we've done a lot of damage, and I was talking to a priest friend earlier in the week about it. We've done a lot of damage by kind of over sentimentalizing and idealizing priests. Um, you know, I think this is part. You know, part of the scandal, the scandals of the last twenty five years or so. Part of it came out of, well, he's a priest. He could, a priest couldn't do that, right? And it's like, well, no, he could because he's a man. Mm-hmm. If a man can do it, then a priest can do it, right? You know, good or bad. So, I think to to kind of take, I think we like to put our priests on a pedestal. Uh, I'm just not sure it's always very helpful. No, I agree to it to the priest or to the people. I think, and I highly recommend if you're out there and you're a, a dad, if you're a family guy, to invite them over for dinner. For one, because it gives you the opportunity that you just said, but two, it. Let your children see their their spiritual father outside of the church building. It give it makes them uh, feel more comfortable just around being like priests are just a part of my life, uh, and so it gives them the opportunity to say like, oh, well, we just have dinner with our priest sometimes. He's our spirit, you know, he's a spiritual father. He may not eats? make that. Yes, yeah, they may yes, not make that eats. connection, but having them a part of the life of uh, growing up is a big part of yeah. the Catholic culture within your domestic church i love seeing parishioners at the grocery store oh yeah they're like even like older it's like fish out of the water they're just like whoa (laughs) he's here and they kind of stare at you like down the aisle do you ever get uh non-catholics that run up to you and be like father i know your parish priest will you please pray for such and such sure sure just like yeah they just know yep you're a man of god i have a crisis going on yep and then everybody wants to know what's in your uh What's in your shopping cart? Oh. They don't. They don't ask, but you. Everyone's looking. Like, oh, frozen pizzas. Oh, oh mm, some bacon, oh, turkey. Yeah, they're they're very curious. <laughs> That's hilarious. But anyway, it, but it's a, it's it humanizes. I mean, I like to go in Stillwater. I like to go to sporting events. Um, one because I like sports. And it's entertaining and it's mm-hmm. cool, but also that's where the people are, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so you go to where they are. I mean, it always, always, always leads to 
meeting new people and conversations. And so those kinds of human things that humans do, priests also do. Yeah. Um, I think it's also helpful to know that your that your priests are we're, that we are very fa- that we're fallen. Um, that priests go to confession. We don't get to go to ourselves. We have to right. like just like you. We have to find another priest. Now I have all the priests' cell phones. That makes it a little easier. Right. I can just call them and stop by. But but we go to confession too. When we're hearing your confessions, I think I'm a pretty decent confessor because I go. Right. I know what it's like to be where you are. Yeah. So when we get back, I'm going to ask you what's the biggest misconception you think that people have about priests, your their parish priest. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Here with Father Brian O'Brien. Father, uh, on the other side of this, or the last segment, not on this other side of the break, but on the last segment, I asked you, I was going to say, what is the biggest misconception that you think that parishioners have about their priest? Uh, I think number one that comes to my mind is that we have all the answers. Um, and I th- and I say that in two respects. One is like theologically, that because it's a question that you have, mm-hmm. that your priest automatically knows the answer right off the top of his head a uh, question that you've been mulling over for the last you know yeah three months right and like doing research on and so you roll up right after mass and you say father i've been wondering um you know how many people are in purgatory exactly right and then i you know i, I don't i don't know even if you studied that you right be able you know, to know. Or, or, you know something like that you know right. or some kind of obscure um but anyway so i think that's one thing but then the other is you know, part of in in today's modern world, the the parish priests in the United States, parish priests are are like kind of CEOs too. I mean, there's a there's a managerial and a like a business side of it mm-hmm. that we're supposed to learn on the job. We don't really get it in seminary. Uh, we, we we really don't. The idea is in seminary you're going to learn. You're you know you're going to be formed theologically, pastorally. Um, intellectually, but we don't get a lot of the, the business side of it, the finance side of it. And so there's a sense, I think, sometimes, well, he's a pastor. Well, he must know how to build a church, you know, an addition onto the school. Well, no, don't, do not assume. Um, maybe he, maybe it's because he's young. Maybe this is the first time he's been a pastor. Uh, he's never done it before. Or even if he did, I mean, maybe, I mean, I majored in theology and political science in college mm-hmm. and then got a, a degree in education and then went to seminary. Like where, where in there do I, did I learn accounting? Right. And so that's where I think where people can be uh, of a, a big help to their, to their pastors. Um, especially if you bring some skill, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. You have a, you know, this kind of communication skill that came into your life. Um, and so like, I mean, I know when like last, when COVID hit and every, a lot of things went online, mm-hmm. I am betting that you got a call from your pastor that said, "Hey, Adam, can you help me?" Yes, we do. Actually, quite a few parishes throughout the diocese. Yeah, and and you did mm-hmm. right. So that I mean, so so thinking about your own kind of gifts and talents, we talk about it in our parish as like a a stewardship way of life, time, talent, treasure. What do I bring to this parish? Maybe that nobody else brings. Um, so we just had like this past week, and we had our our, our the chair of our finance council got up and after mass and just gave a little report mm-hmm. on the state of the the parish finances. 
Um, and he knows his stuff. He's a banker. Mm-hmm. He's a stud. He's like totally awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that he brings to the table um, that I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes there's a sense of like, yeah, sort of magically at ordination, this these certain skill sets come into your life and it's just simply not true but so this is the whole team aspect right this yep. is the whole like hey in order to evangelize i need your talents i need your talent totally my talents yep to, to, to be effective and i think i think the smaller the parish the more the need goes up sure you know so i have a very talented staff um who who do a lot um and also parishioners who do a lot but the smaller the parish the more the more that falls on the pastor mm-hmm. um so we i mean you know there's pastors learning how to make a web page. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. They've never done it before, but mm-hmm. they're doing it. They're making they're making mm-hmm. web pages. Mm-hmm. They're not that good, but mm-hmm. but but maybe you do know how to do it. Anyway, so those those kinds of things. I think that's a big misconception that somehow some because someone is a priest or a pastor, or because the bishop has given them some major responsibility that they automatically know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Not true. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this episode, right before you came, you emailed out uh, a, a select yes uh, group of priest friends that will go unnamed, but uh, about this very from all topic over the country. from all over the country. Okay, yep. Uh, what were some of the things they said? How, how do we know our parish priest better? So I said to them, "I'm going on the Catholic Man Show uh, to try to help people better understand their parish priest." So the so there were t- two sort of themes that came out. Number one it was just the human the human aspect. We are human. Um, we have good days and we have bad days. Um, th- I, I think there's a lot of mercy that's required on on either side. You know, I mean, I I know I've been it. You know, where I'm even if I'm like watching, if I'm watching a mass on TV or I see some homily somebody wrote and I think, oh man, that like that wasn't very good, man. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea what what just where that priest just came from mm-hmm. or what his week was like. Um, did he have four funerals? and three weddings and a quinceanera and six baptisms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you did, then where, where was the time to really prepare a really good homily? Eh, mm-hmm. not, not, it's not there. So I think a lot of mercy um, that, that, were, that were human. Your priests are very human. Um, the other was, and this is just a kind of a very practical, very practical tip, and that is the five to ten minutes before and after Mass are the worst times to try to do business with your priest. Okay. The five to 10 minutes before mass, because we're, we're typically preparing we're you know, getting things in order, making sure things are ready. Uh, hopefully praying, right. Um, to celebrate the mass, you know, reverently and worthily. Uh, and then mass begins. But what happens a lot of times, and I don't, I don't blame people. It's not. I, I think it's something. I think the listeners of this show are really into their faith. They want to be of help. They want to evangelize. They want to make their parish awesome. Um, so not that you like ignore your priest. You you say you can say hi if you mm-hmm. if you're bringing somebody, maybe to mass or a new family member or somebody's from out of town. By all means, go up and say, "Hey, Father, this is my friend Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, he's visiting from Tulsa, and I just wanted you to meet him. Great, 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 great." But it's when uh, there's a desire of, oh my gosh, there's the priest, and I've been meaning to email him or text him or call him to set up a baptism or a, and I and here's my shot, mm-hmm. and mass starts in three minutes. Um, right. It just it creates on the part of the priest. It just it creates kind of an awkward situation because I want to help you, 
right? You want your baby baptized and, and I want your baby baptized as soon as humanly possible. But um, that particular time, um, and then the other is after mass, uh, because, you know, I mean, you all know what happens in parishes, right? The song ends, or in some cases, like before the song ends, uh, you know, people, <laughs> people are, don't people, do that. People don't do that. Yeah. yeah. People are, are, you know, are coming out the door and not, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is for us. It's probably 90% of the people in my parish. I only see them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They, they have, they have lives. And so they don't, they're not at daily mass. They're not at the Bible study. They're at work mm-hmm. or they take care of their elderly parents or all kinds of reasons. And so that those that kind of 5, 10, 15 minutes after Mass for me as a priest are critical, 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 critical. Um, I have typically my head on a swivel. I'm, I'm looking for, you know, so we have in our, like in our narthex, kind of the lobby area, we have this like table. It's a, we call it the welcome table. And on that table is a bunch of stuff. And it's like stuff for new people. Mm-hmm. It's rosaries and how to pray the rosary and how to go to Mass and the parish bulletin, and information about St. John's, the college ministry, new parish uh, packet registration. If I see somebody standing there looking at that, I want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. I am going to talk to them. And so if you, Adam, like majorly involved parishioner who has access to me every other day of the week, comes up right at that time, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a great use of my time because I'm right. going to see you tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And you got my cell phone. You got my email, whatever. Right. Um, so that, I think that's just something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes people get real turned off. You know, when you, if you come up to me and you're trying to tell me a joke. Right. Or, or, or you know. Because t- it was tell really me, funny. Tell me something. Um, uh, you know, and people give like homily feedback and that's good too. But, you know, you're trying to do, do some kind do of business. Do you prefer homily feedback or not? I don't mind because I think a lot of times, especially if people, I mean, you get a lot of like, good homily, Father. My favorite is when they say good homily and the, it was the deacon that preached. That's my favorite. Um, <laughs> but when, um, you know, so some people, I think. I think Father, it was your best homily I've ever Father, heard. You, you just bring it every <laughs> Sunday. Really? Because that was the deacon. Okay. <laughs> We're wearing the same color, though, so I could see how you get that confused. Although he's a foot shorter than me. Okay. And, and 75 years old. Okay. <laughs> Um, the, <laughs> the, I, I like, I like that immediate feedback because sometimes people are, are really moved. Um, you uh-huh. know, you said something and it really struck them. That's a good, that, I, I feel like that's a good use of my time right after mass to hear from them. Wow. Okay. The, how, the, how that really struck you. Um, but it's the, it's the business that can be done in an email or a phone call Anyway, that's just one of those little things that I think a lot of priests really struggle with because you want to help, you want to, you know, do that business, but those critical because those people are walking out the door, right? And, and you know, there's a lot of people that only come to mass like once a month or twice a year, right? And man, I'm gonna they're walking out the door and you're telling me a joke, oh, right? It's rough. Anyway, that was another that was a, a, definitely a theme of my uh, of my. Of my brethren. One of the other ones that I thought was really good was you never, the way it was expressed was you never know where your priest just came from. So what happens in the course of a day, um, a lot of things can happen. And this is true in families too. And so we're not, it's not exclusive to priests, but in the course of a day, I mean, you can, I've done it. I've gone, I've, been, I've had a funeral. I go to the cemetery. I come back and I baptize a baby. Mm-hmm. And that all happens in about two hours. 
Um, and so when I come back for a baptism, I'm probably a little, maybe a little tired, maybe a little solemn. Uh, try to, you know, be be joyful, but it, um, you know, I'm, I'm generally a happy person, but not always. Mm-hmm. If I come out of a meeting and someone's just said, you know, I'm really struggling in my marriage, right? That that hurts. Sure. I mean, I'm glad to hear it, but then to go into a meeting right after that, where the next the expectation is you're going to be upbeat, and you just never know where your priest has just come from. Mm-hmm. So something to keep in mind. Priests are, are human, basically. Very. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels. You're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Um, let's just keep let's keep going though because I have to we have to record longer for one of the radio stations anyway. So let's keep going. Right. Are, we, are we still going? Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay, cool. Well, that was a mess up on my. This is the whole per, uh, part of like I go, Dave goes, I go, Dave goes. I know which segment we're in because I know <laughs> who's bringing you in, and if I have to do it every time, I didn't I sh- know. I should I should have just I should have just asked you to, to bring a, us in. I did not get a proper orientation. I know. That was my fault. So let me let me throw one at let me yeah, throw please, one at you. Go for it. And I I, I say this with a like I, in hesitation because I also know kind of the the crud that you have to deal with on the negative aspect. <laughs> sure. Like like uh, of people's what they bring like the complaints that they they bring. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people will be like, when you open it up, like, hey, what can we do better? They get on a soapbox and they start talking about things that are like absolutely. Do not really have anything to do with what you're, the feedback that you're trying to get. Yep. yep. Uh, it has to do with their personal experience. Twenty five years ago, the priest, sure. you know, Father John said this, and it just really upset me. And now we do this, and it like, and it's just like, okay, that is. Thank you for not for contributing nothing. However, there are times where it feels, as a parishioner, like it's intimidating also to bring up critic not criticism but sure. like critiques of yeah to challenge your priest to be because there's also better. a obviously a, 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 the piety there the, being docile to your priest as well uh but at the same time it's like hey i think we should do this better and i think we could i think i could bring that to the table yep. um or i don't think you should really say that um yep. and there are times that are, it's very one it's very intimidating as a parishioner to, to do that to a priest because it's the same way of like listen dad uh you shouldn't maybe 
drink that much or maybe dad you shouldn't behave mm-hmm. that way in mm-hmm. public that's not an easy yeah, fraternal i mean in the in the world in yeah we call it fraternal correction, correction right but but how do you fraternally correct a priest a priest yeah and that's very tough without uh being offensive one but then also there have been times that maybe you've done it and it it is backfired yeah you, not you well said, like see. i yeah. really wish i just would not have brought that up yep so I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think everybody listening to this could look at their parish priest and say, I wish in this one, two, or seven things that he was different. Mm-hmm. I wish he was more like the last guy we had. Uh, I wish he was more like this particular saint who I like. Uh, you know, it seems like, wow, that parish, they have this going on and we don't. Right. So, they're, you know, kind of that comparison sets in. So I would say a couple things. If you're going to go to your priest with uh, with something, uh, number one is is really pr- pr- to pray about it, really, th- and think it through, um, so that it's not emotional, it's not kind of in the moment. It's you know, it's not it's not right after mass, right? Um, even if it happened during the mass, the priest did something, or um, take it home, pray about it. Is it is it really still bothering you the next day, and the next day, and the next day? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would, I would put it in writing. Um, I think a lot of us, you know, we express ourselves better in writing. We're less, we say what we want to say when you get into like a one-on-one situation, mm-hmm. your word, you start to trip over your words. But when you're writing, you, you choose, you write it, you, you crumple it up, you write a second draft. So you can really express exactly what you want to express. Um, and then, you know, you can kind of send that. I, I would really encourage um, I had somebody do this uh, a couple, oh gosh, probably two years ago. They did it exactly this way. Something was bothering them. They took it home. Probably four or five days later, they made an appointment. They came in and they sat in my office. So we're face to face and they read it. They read what they wrote. And it was very good. It was mm-hmm. it was beautiful. It was It was peaceful. I could see that they had really spent time with this. And I took it to heart. I took mm-hmm. it to heart, and I was I was grateful that they that they did. There were some things of like, okay, yeah, I know you're right. I, n- I never noticed that I did that. So with, with doing it first and foremost with charity, um, that has to be number one. Um, don't do not. I'll just say, do not do it anonymously. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but pr- like an- anonymous anything is is just is is deeply harmful to the people that are getting it because you don't know you don't i mean maybe maybe it's a good a good and valid criticism but who's it coming from um so the uh, anonymous route is i think is a coward's way out Mm -hmm. um i think as men that's not that's not the way Mm -hmm. we ought to go um there's also other avenues in the parish you know maybe there's a there's there's a parish council um maybe like you know the pair the pastor's like secretary Mm-hmm. Or you know so somebody else on the staff, you might run it by them first, a deacon or associate pastor, just to kind of get their take. Hey, this is really bothering me. Is that something that is up so that's bothering other people? So anyway, you can kind of don't use that as a, a opportunity to gossip. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a, there's a fine line there. Yeah. Um, but I think to get advice of am I am I coming am from I this in the, the right, right angle? Am yeah. I in the right here? What I did I did I hear what I thought I heard? Mm-hmm. Did I see what I thought I saw? Mm-hmm. Um, so do, yeah, just doing it, doing it with great charity. Um, and then understanding what we just said, you know, understanding where that priest is coming from. Mm-hmm. 
you know, priests take days off, mm-hmm. um, respecting that. Um, yep. I got a, t- a text, uh, this is probably three weeks ago, and the text begins, hey, Father, I know it's your day off, but, and I'm like, oh, no, what is going on? Uh, and it wasn't like, if somebody says, I know it's your day off, but, like, my grandma died, mm-hmm. all right, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's suit up, and, and we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I know, you know, I know it's your day off, but I was really hoping you could, you know, do this, which totally could have waited mm-hmm. till for us, our days off are Mondays. And here we are. On a Monday. On a Monday. Um, but uh, you scheduled the date, though. Not I did. I, I did because I wanted to hang out with you guys. Right. Which I appreciate. I don't. This but is it not, wasn't like me saying, like, hey, Father, I know it's your day off, but would you come I record? I know it's your day off, but I need you to. Yeah. Yeah. This is not. Uh, I don't consider this. I'm working, but it's not. This is fun. Yeah. So anyway, just the the kind of respecting those those particular right. boundaries. And th- this um, is good to know, right? This is like as a parishioner, it's like good to understand. Like, okay, how do I understand him better in order to only build up the church? This is like the whole reason why we're having this yeah. conversation. Yep. Um, I think ultimately, uh, if you if you are not on air, I'm gonna sneeze. Okay. That's you. <laughs> May God bless you and have mercy on your soul. I've never sneezed on live air. This is great. Uh, the if you are not daily praying for your priests, uh, you're you're wrong. Totally. You gotta you gotta yep. you gotta do it. Um, and the Pope and partially. You're the Pope, the Bishop, your priest. Yep. And and a lot of that is because you know priests the the important work that priests do. Um, there's a there are a lot there's a lot of spiritual attack. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of times when I think of a really good idea and I'm like, yeah, we're totally going to do this. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. And then like the next day I'm like, no, don't do that. Everyone's going to think that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I talk to my spiritual director, or I pray about it and I'm like, no, that's not stupid. That's a, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. And that, and those little seeds of doubt come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the evil one does not want us to do this Eucharistic procession around the church. And we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are there are a lot of, a lot of spiritual attacks. Um, priests are, you know, a lot of temptations that come into life. Um, to, you know, priests can be tempted just like any other man. But also even like, I mean, priests do it where you're like, ooh, ooh maybe I'll go to maybe that parish would be better. Or you know, do I want to become a bishop? Or, and I would just you know any any priest who wants to be a bishop or wants to be the pope should not be a bishop or the pope, in my humble opinion. Um, but those little things like kind of creep in, like ooh, that, ooh, people would think so, right? Would think yeah. so well of me, or yeah. yeah. Anyway, so pray, really praying for your priests, yeah. um, encouraging your spouse to do that, your children to do that, and then tell them. I love it when people like come up and say, "Father, I know you've had like a really hard week. I know we had a couple funerals, and um, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you." Like that is just the best. Yeah. It's so great. It's so dang encouraging. Or a little email, a little text. Hey, Father, praying for you. Yeah. Gosh, it's great. Did, it's great. I, I've t- I've tweeted that before. Like one of the, some of the best best times that I've ever uh, received a text message was like I was down or I was frustrated or I you know was not thinking straight or whatever, and I received a text message from a priest that says, "Hey, just want to let you know, I." I just offered mass for you, or I just went to adoration and prayed for you, or nice. you've been on my prayers this week. I just want to let you know that. Yep. That is such an easy, simple thing to do. It builds that, people up. That like, is awesome. a game changer. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, when I, like, there's a priest who religiously Mondays 
Monday mornings, uh, text message Dave and I and say, what prayers do you want this week? Wow, nice. Religiously, every yep. Monday. Yep. And it's like, it, those are, I mean, th- th- it's just a game changer for us. Like, just mentally, just like, spiritually, obviously, but, um, and it's not that hard. Yep. It's not a hard thing I had a college do. kid right after Mass. Uh, I I'd kind of, I think I, like, during Mass, sort of looked maybe. I, I mean, I wasn't particularly, like, energetic or, or, you know, was kind of looking maybe a little downcast more than usual. Yeah. And this girl walked up. She's, a, like, a junior in college, and she just said, uh, she like put her hand on my shoulder and was like, Father, how can I pray for you today? And I was just like, uh, you're the greatest person I've ever met. Yeah. It was great. And I said, yeah, I had this this morning and this this morning and this couple. And 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 then and she prayed for me right there. Father, we thank oh, you. For, man. I was just like, oh, I'm, Boom. Like, I'm like in tears. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. That so is that's, awesome. That's so encouraging to your priests. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I just encourage you, even if you don't know him that well, that can be a real bonding point mm-hmm. to walk up to a priest you don't know. Father, I know you're new to the parish. You know, I'm uh, I'm Adam and this is my family. And I want you to know that we pray for you every day. Like, yeah, that priest is going to remember your family. They better. Yeah. I have a question for you, Father. Yeah, please. One. One. Come- is that the close the... I- I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know what happened. Ah, that was uh, segment three. This is segment four. I was not losing my mind. Yeah, see? Yeah. But why didn't it come on? Because you muted it. I didn't. Oh, well, I don't know. But that was know. segment four. So yeah. I was right. Jim, high five. Whoa. Something is happening. I don't know what is it. But anyway, Father, I had a question for you. When thinking about how to... I was right. understand your, your priest better. I was thinking about in 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 the homilies. Sometimes I noticed that you know a priest would go for like an appeal to the emotions or the intellect, you know, the ethos, pathos, sure. logos. So, like, how do you discern as a priest how to aim one particular homily? Yeah, it's so hard. Uh, really, preaching preaching well in a parish is really hard. Um, you know, I came from a high school setting where it was a lot easier. Everyone in the room is 14 to 18. Like, and so typically all 14 to 18 year olds have similar, you know, similar lives, similar issues. But, you know, what do you do in the, in the, in the parish when it's babies to, you know, we have a lady in our parish who's 98 years old. She's way holy. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Uh, and everybody in between. You know, newcomers. Um, you know, I think I think sometimes I get I get a little bit of feedback sometimes from my more really like well catechized parishioners, uh, but maybe a little more traditional parishioners who who want more in my homilies. They want more more catechism, more doctors of the church, more of that. Because I usually don't do that, um, and part of it is in my mind. I mean, our our goal is to evangelize Penn County. And I know in every mass, there are new people. We have people every single week who have either never been to mass or have not been to mass in a really long time. I, I tend to, for better or for worse, uh, I tend to t- want to preach to them more than the people that are really well catechized so but you do a good job of to support the people who are well catechized in other ways in other ways like in other ways that's where the podcast comes in 
That's where we know you we have do, your catechism classes that you do. We do things in between. Yeah, like so your summer catechism classes that yeah. you do. Uh, you know, where you walk through the catechism. Yeah. Like those are the kind of things that because I don't want other people to think like, well, you can't neglect these guys for these guys. Like you, that's why as a, as a father, like you can't neglect your oldest for your your youngest. You have to help. You know, you have to help enrich all of them, and that's why I think you do personally a, a really good job of that is making sure of yeah okay maybe the homily isn't for the very uh, extremely well catechized this time but you know what i on wednesdays we hope we walk through the catechism but we just and we did, did a, or we just did a podcast on salvation history right and we took a deep dive on x y or z yeah, and it's like yeah so i am still reaching out to you i'm not forgetting you and i think there we know what we learn in seminaries like there's there's lots of different ways to preach I mean, so there is the obviously the Sunday the Sunday homily is mm-hmm. is key, but there are you, when you teach uh, what you, what what you put out via you know social media. There's all kinds of different ways to get good information to people. Uh, but anyway, so to that, I mean, one, I I think it's uh, I tend to be more. As somebody said, like your your homilies are like spiritual pep talks, and I said thank you. Like I yeah, that's kind of what I'm. I'm trying to encourage, sort of ra- trying to rouse people from sleep to action, to prayer, to charity. Um, and so I'm, I tend to be less, less catechetical and more, I don't know what the word is, evangelical, more, hmm, what would be the word? I don't even know. Just more, let, let's go. Let's go. We got work to do. Come on. Um, and that's not every priest. I mean, I know a lot of priests who preach very well and preach very catechetically. My mission, though, I, we you know we try to like not use in our, especially in homilies, like a lot of insider language. So there's you know there's big words that like only if I say like so the this week I want to talk about the economy of salvation. So just right there, there are a few people in the church who know what that is. There's some people who could figure it out, and then there's a bunch of people who are going to be like I'm out, right. So that's hard. It's hard to kind of try to reach all audiences. Easier said than done. What's happened a lot with young priests, it's funny, is they, you come out of seminary and you like want to say everything, like mm-hmm. week one. Right. And it's like, dude. I just learned a bunch of stuff. Let me tell you about it. It's like, my man, you're going to get to preach your whole life. <laughs> Spread it out. Spread it out. You don't have to say it all at your first parish uh, in the first month. Uh, take take it down a notch. Yeah. Uh, so you love the zeal, you know, but that's where you get it. You know, they preach for thirty minutes or so, and mm-hmm. you're like, okay, easy, fellow. Come on, settle down, down. land the plane. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that it's a good idea, like, because we have uh, quite a few priests, for better or worse, that listen to this show that that nice. know nothing, Hello, my brethren, and like know now a little bit, <laughs> um, and uh. Do you think it's a good idea to also communicate to your parishioners if you are having a bad day or if you're if you are off a little bit? Because I know when I was listening to you say like you don't know where the priest comes from, or or has been, I'm sure that's happened to me. But it's also on the receiving end of this very frustrating, right? Because as a dad, it's like listen, I just went to work, then I came home, and then I, I sacrificed time away from my family yep. to help and support the church and help and support you and. I'm not getting any feedback from you. You're not... You're, and you didn't return my email. Yeah, or like, you haven't done it. Like, I feel like that I'm constantly putting in, and I don't feel like you're returning. Yeah. Um, and so, 
if you are having a bad day or if you are, you know, just on the struggle bus for whichever, for whatever reason, is that a good thing to do is just like to tell like, Hey, listen, man, I'm just not on my game today. Uh, I would say that I would say that to someone or like, you know, Hey, this has been a really busy week. You know, somebody, somebody calls me on Wednesday mm-hmm. and says, Hey, can I come and talk to you? I, you know, I, I, I feel comfortable enough with most people saying, you know, this, I want, I can't tell you everything, but like, it's, you know, it's been a pretty overwhelming week. Um, mm-hmm. Would you mind if we visited like on Tuesday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and but, most people, most people get that. Yeah. Well, and again, if we're trying to understand our parish priest communication as a communication director of, a, of the diocese, communication is key. You better be good. Right? Like you want to, I want to know where you're coming from. If you're struggling, it's also the humanity part of being a priest. You telling me, Hey, uh, this just isn't a good week. Yep. Cool. Okay. Yep. Well, that's fine. I can now. When would be a good time? Or can I? Right. But a lot of times we'll just say, yeah, can I Can I call you next week? But as a parishioner, if you feel like that you're giving, giving and giving and not, the, you don't feel like the priest is doing the same amount of work or effort, even if they are yeah, in that, reality. Yeah, that's definitely frustrating. So I, yeah, I think to my, to my brother priest, I mean, that are, yeah, are we effectively communicating or do we just like give our people the silent treatment? Which we know, do, you know, doesn't work in marriages, and so right. also doesn't work. Also doesn't work in parishes. Uh, yeah, to, to to communicate, you know. So I've just like right now, my my I have an uncle, uh, my uncle Ozzy up in Boston is in hospice, you know, mm-hmm. is is dying, and kind of has been for the last you know couple of months. And I do I send out a weekly email to my to my people every Thursday morning, ten o'clock shows up in your inbox if you want it. Um, and I share, I'll share that like, Hey, Oh, by the way, my, you know, and in part of that, I'm kind of setting them up for like, that's a, I'm going to, at some I'm gonna point, be gone. I'm going to go away for three or four days to go right. be with my family and, and celebrate his funeral. Right. Um, but if we're a family, I mean, we talk about the parish as a family, we ought to be able to, I mean, priests, we ought to be able to be, our people don't need to know everything. You know, we're not, no, we're not but at least a, a little vulnerable or at least a little bit of, but like, to say, um, you know, I, I, I do it more at like a daily mass. Um, I kind of, you kind of know those people better mm-hmm. and those are kind of your prayer warriors. You know, we just have, we have awesome, we have awesome people all around, but like the daily mass people are just like, they're rock stars. I love them. Um, I'm more likely to say it there mm-hmm. of, uh, Hey, would, and also would you pray for, you know, right after mass, I'm gonna, I just got a call before mass right after mass. I need to go right out the door. I need to go to the hospital to anoint someone. Would you please, pray, you know, pray for them? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things, because we're we are we really are we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that I think among among priests, there that, that we have to have a certain vulnerability with our with our people. Um, I guess the wh- one other thing I'll say is kind of expectations. You know, I think we all have expectations of each other, expectations of our priest, and just to really manage those. That that they're, they're good, uh, yeah. knowing the kind of the capacities of your priest. Maybe your priest is in over his head. Mm-hmm. Maybe your diocese like stinks at vocations, and mm-hmm. so you're. I was with a priest recently, um, not in this diocese, different diocese, and he's it's he it's, he has sixteen hundred families, and it's just him. Like your parish, Saint Benedict's, mm-hmm. is you know well, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred, and two priests. My parish is nine hundred families and two priests. Mm-hmm. Like we're so blessed, mm-hmm. he is like oh, he's totally overwhelmed, and so if you invite him to dinner, I don't think he's coming, yeah, because he's so dang tired. 
mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So managing those expectations of your priests, you know, is he is he in over his head? And if he is, can you help him? Um, you know, sometimes priest assignments are not always they're not always a good fit, not because somebody did something wrong, because maybe you don't have enough priests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what are you doing on the vocation side? Are you encouraging your own kids and grandkids to think about priesthood? Um, I think that's a that's something that we can all do. Just that mercy for each other that we're that we're human. We mess up, um, but picture your priest going to confession. I think is very helpful. It humanizes it. It's just you know, so it's not even something I can picture. Almost, yeah. Like people, a lot of people are like, "What you go to confession?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've, yes, I'm a miserable sinner, man. Bring it on." Yeah. So, anyway, lots of things too. Lots of things to work on, but just that idea. We're in this together. I mean, if your parish is going to grow, it needs your priest certainly on board, and and you. Right. What are you doing to support the priest, the staff, to to make it to make it go? Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, thanks so much for hanging out with me tonight. This was on awesome. Your, on your day off, I'm telling you, it's it like, was great, man. I came to yeah. I come to a lot of times. I come to Tulsa on my day off and see people and yeah. Um, go to the doctor. Whatever you got to do. Go to my eat Vietnamese food. We have no Vietnamese food in Stillwater. It's a very it's a tragedy. I know we all have, like we all have our crosses Fuh. to bear, and that's one of them. Fuh. There's no Vietnamese food in Stillwater. It's ridiculous. Haley, last time he came in, made she did. She, she made fun. It was awesome. Yeah, she was gonna make it tonight, and she was like, "Dinner I, tonight was also awesome." She's like, "I just don't have the time to make pho." And I was like, "I think, he, I think, you know what? One thing about Father O'Brien O'Brien, he has mercy. Yeah. One thing about Father Brian O'Brien, he'll eat it. He likes well, food. Well, as we all do. Uh, okay, yeah. so um, Pastors of Pain is where they can find you weekly. Yep, St. Francis Xavier, Stillwater. If you're ever uh, in and around, uh, come see us. Mm-hmm. And then we're on, yeah, we're on social media, SFX underscore Stillwater on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Sweet. All right, well, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers, Cheers to Jesus.